0: And we're going to be looking at uh, Galatians chapter four. Um, every year at Christmas time, I one of my favorite things to do is to read uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Um, it's a it's one of my personal traditions that I do, and it's if, I don't know if you've ever read it or maybe you've seen the movie, not Disney's Christmas Carol, but the real one, you know, black and white. Or uh, even the one by, I think, Jim Carrey. That one's a really good one as well. But uh, it's a story of redemption, if you don't know it. And it's about a man who, because of his love for money, he's grown cold and mean and unloving. Uh, he's described in this story, uh, and I like this, as a squeezy, wrenchy, grasping, scrapping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Pretty accurate description of Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, well, what happens in the story, for those of you that don't know, I mean, it's only been around since 1843, but in case you don't know it, uh, there's, a series of, he, he's, uh, there's a series of visitations by three spirits uh, who individually take him on a journey to see his Christmas past, his Christmas present, and Christmas future. And all this is in an effort to get him to change his ways because of you know, who he is and what he's become. Um, and this is a spoiler alert, again, for those of you that have not seen it. You might want to plug your ears or haven't read it. But again, I, I did find out, even though it's been around since 1843, it's, it's been published every year. There's new publishings of the book. It's a continuous publication, which is pretty cool. Uh, he changes for the better at the end, you know, Ebenezer uh, sees what he was and who he's become and what's going to happen to him, and that causes him to change. And so how does that relate to what we're going to talk about tonight? Well, tonight I'm going to read a portion of scripture um, that directs us to consider our history, the world history, and even our own individual histories of Christmas past, Christmas present, and... Christmas future. Now, when I say Christmas, uh, I, I don't mean it like, you know, what our Christmas was like in the past and how it is today and in the future. What I'm talking about is the coming of Jesus Christ into this world. What I'm talking about is Jesus Christ coming and living a life and dying and being buried and resurrected again. Basically, we're talking about the work of redemption. How has life, human history, looked before Christ, meaning Christmas past, when Christ came, Christmas present, and in our current church age, and when Christ comes again in the future, and that would be Christmas future. So as I talk about those things, that's what I'm talking about. And so let's, let's look at the text this evening. Again, we're in Galatians chapter 4. Let's look at verses 3 through 7. And so I'm going to read through them and then come back, and then as I said, I'm going to point out those three things, and we'll see how it relates to our lives So in Galatians chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 3, the Apostle Paul writes So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of this world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So that's the text that we're going to look at this evening. So let's go back to the very beginning and let's look at Christmas past. And what again, what I mean here is, what was life like before Christ came? And we're going to look at it in two senses. In one sense, as humanity, world history in general, and then in our lives, your life as it is today, in my life. So Christmas past is described in verse 3. Let's look at it again. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of this world. So before Christ came into this world, the Apostle Paul is writing, That all of human history was held in bondage and specifically he's talking to the church at Galatia but we're talking about all of humanity is held in bondage or captivity or enslaved to something before Christ came. And what we were enslaved to or uh, held captive by was all the things that keep us from Christ or things that we think we need to do to redeem ourselves. You see the enemy's goal in this world is to keep us busy seeking fulfillment and redemption in anything and everything as long as it's not trusting in Christ. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 8, the Apostle Paul, writing about things that blind us and keep us busy, writes this, Beware lest any man spoil you, spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, and after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Again, everything is keeping us busy, keeps us distracted, and it's not on focusing on Christ. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. All these things keep people in bondage, in slavery, or held captive to not seeing God. Again, going back to Ebenezer Scrooge, he was held captive by for him, it was money. and he lost everything and became a, a wretched and covetous old sinner. In another place, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, he says this, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the gods of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Again, just another description of, of what happened to us, and maybe even you today, before Christ, It's veiled. You're kept from seeing the joy of Christmas. And one last verse again to just describe this bondage. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, the Apostle Paul writes, "...being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart, and they having become callous." having given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. This is the outcome of being without Christ. You're living for yourself and living for anything and everything but Christ. And so again, in our text, as the Apostle Paul is talking about before Christ or Christmas past, we were all held in bondage, each and every one of us, and some of us even today, tonight, are held in bondage in some way, not seeing Christ. And so this is what Christmas past is for, for all of humanity and for even some people today, because they're without Christ. Humanity is lost without Christ, and you and I are lost without Christ. We're held captive, enslaved, or in bondage. So let's look at Christmas present. And when I say Christmas present, we're talking about Christ's coming, the first advent, which is what we're celebrating tonight. And uh, in a much larger scale, we are now living in Christmas present because we're talking about the present church age. And so look at verse four with me. So after he talks about being held in bondage, he says, but when the fullness of of that time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law in order that he might redeem those who are under the law. Let's stop right there. So again, this is talking about what we're celebrating, Christ coming to this world, Christmas present, at a specific time. God had a specific time and purpose for Christ coming, and he says, when that time was up, Christ came, born of a woman. This is Christmas present. God came to to do what? Why did he send Christ? It says this in verse 5 in order that he might redeem. Christ came to redeem. He came to redeem humanity. All of us that were held captive, enslaved, bondage, he came to redeem humanity. He came to redeem you. He came to redeem me. This is God's gift. God's gift is the gift of redemption. Again, think of yourself being held in bondage and slavery, held captive, and Christ, com- God comes, reaches down in the form of his son Jesus Christ and pulls you out of that, opens the eyes of the blind, releases the captives. He redeems us. That word redeems means to buy out or to buy back. And that's exactly what God came to do. He came to buy us back out of slavery, out of, out of bondage. And God came to redeem us from spiritual bondage, spiritual captivity, and spiritual Slavery. Let me give you a few verses that describe this. In the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 9, uh, John writes, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain, so this is talking about Jesus, you were slain, and look at what Jesus did, and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. He purchased, he redeemed them through his sacrifice, through his life, through his ministry. Again, when I say Christmas present, we're talking about his life, his death, his burial and resurrection. It is through those things that Christ redeems man. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, another verse that talks about this redemption. He says this, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God, that you are not your own, for you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. Again, this verse is stressing, you have been bought, purchased, redeemed, brought out of captivity. So that is Christmas present. So the past humanity, you and I are lost without Christ. When Christ came, he came to redeem. That's the present. And right now, God is redeeming men and women from every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every people. And that will continue to happen until his second advent, which is what we'll move into now, his Christmas future. Let's look at that in verses 5 through 7. The latter half of verse 5, after he's talking about redeeming, he's talking about what they have, their future. So when you're redeemed, he says that you might receive the adoption as Sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So Christmas future, what we're talking about here is meaning after Christ came, lived, died, buried, and rose from the dead, what do his children gain or what does humanity gain? his gift of redemption to all those who believe, there's three things that I want to point out here. Number one, again, at the end of verse five, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So you are redeemed and now you are adopted into God's family. Our culture mistakenly thinks that everybody is God's children. No, we are all God's creation. God adopts certain individuals who believe that's something that's you know most of us were born into our families our parents didn't choose us that my mom got me sorry mom (laughs) you know my mom didn't go and choose me that's the beautiful thing about adoption is you go and you're chosen somebody saw you and picked you and said I want you to be my child that's the picture that God gives us of all of us who have believed that he's adopted us. You know, we're not born into the family of God. We're adopted into the family of God. God chose us. Just think of that. He said, I want you to be my child. I want you to be mine, and I'm going to be yours. That's a beautiful gift right there, the gift of adoption. That's a Christmas future. After Christ came, Men and women from all tongues, all tribes, all nations are adopted into his family and they are called his children, sons and daughters. The second thing that happens is that you are given the spirit of God. Right? God's spirit is now living in each and every one of us who believes. He's in our hearts. God, this, it's, a, it's amazing to think about that God resides in sinful me. And you as well. You know, we are Ebenezer Scrooge. We're covetous old sinners. And God chose me and decided to have his spirit reside in me and you and all those who believe. That is a precious gift. Nothing that we can earn. Nothing that we deserve. And thirdly, and lastly, it says at the end of verse uh, in verse 7 therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son and if a son, then an heir through God. You are an heir. We have a great inheritance, and that's a sermon all in itself if we talked about all the things that you and I, those of us who believe in Christ, inherit from Him. I just jotted down a few things that we inherit from Him, and probably the, the greatest one, we'll start off first, is we inherit salvation, meaning we are saved from the wrath of God. And we are saved and redeemed, and inherit eternal life, life abundantly, for all eternity, eternal provision, eternal comfort, eternal happiness. These are all things that each and every one of us, the entire world seeks on a consistent basis. Provision, comfort, happiness. Who doesn't want those things? And the sons and daughters of God, they have those things forever. That is your future, Imagine if God came to you like he, uh, not like he came to Ebenezer Scrooge, but the spirits came to Ebenezer Scrooge and they showed him his future and that freaked him out. Why? Because he saw that he was going to die and nobody was going to be at his funeral. As a matter of fact, the only guys that said they would come to his funeral said, if there's food there, we'll come. That's how much he was liked. But if God were to show you your future, my future, those of us in Christ, it would be, we would be like, let's go now. I don't want to wait. You know, we, we don't even know what's in store for us. We can't even imagine. But we are heirs of all that God has because of what Christ has done for each and every one of us and because we have believed. So again, our Christmas future for each and every one of us who believes is that we are we're now adopted as his children We are given his spirit to reside with us, to lead us and guide us, and then we are heirs of all that God has for us. We we experience that now in one sense, but we look forward to that day at his second coming when all those things will be fully consummated, and we will have those forever. So let me close with just two things here. As As we sit here and look at our past without Christ, our present with Christ, and in our future with Christ. So again, God has sent his gift of redemption. This is the first one. This is what we're celebrating tonight. This is what we as a church celebrate every day, but, and especially on Sundays. I mean, we, we don't just sing these, these songs at Christmas time, and they're special. We sing certain songs, but every worship song we sing is a celebration or a praise, or we're thanking God for what he's done. And so God has sent... His, his gift of redemption. And so the question for each and every one of us this evening is, will you receive it? God doesn't force it upon you. He sent his son into this world to redeem. Will you receive it? Meaning, will you believe in him? Will you trust in him for your salvation? If you have not done that today or at all in your life, I pray that you would not leave this building until you do that. And after after the worship songs are over tonight, We'll have a couple people up front here that, if, that will pray with you, talk to you about what that means. And I pray that you would not take that lightly, that you would walk forward and, and, and talk to them about it. Because God has sent his gift of redemption. Will you receive it? Secondly, for those of us who have received it, there's many of us in this room this, this evening say we've received the gift of redemption I just want to uh, encourage us in, in two ways. Or really just one way. Let us enjoy it, this redemption that we have. Let us enjoy it by living for him. And I want to close with this last verse. And it, we read it already in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So this is our, tonight, I want you to go out and enjoy the gift of redemption that you have. In 1 Corinthians 6.20, he says, for you have been bought with a price. Right? We've been bought with a price. We've been redeemed freed, released from our captivity in a sense. So what are we called to do? Glorify God in your body. Do whatever you want, but make sure it's glorifying God. That's what I want tonight. Again, if you've received God's gift, go out and glorify him with all that you have, with all that you do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we just want to say thank you so much for the gift of redemption. That eternity in, eternity, in eternity past, Lord, you determined that there was a certain time when you would send the gift of your Son, the gift of yourself, to redeem us from our captivity. And We thank you for that, Lord God. We thank you for adopting us, for giving us your Holy Spirit, and for making us heirs of salvation through Jesus Christ. For those of us who have experienced this, Lord God, we just say thank you once again. And in a few moments when we worship, we are just going to glorify you with all that we have. And may you empower us through your spirit to live for you on a daily basis. And we're so comforted, Lord, that when we fail, because we will, that you would forgive us and continue to love us. And we do not lose our inheritance because of it, because of you. And Lord, I also just pray for those in this room this evening who have not yet experienced that salvation, that they are actually still living and Christmas past, a life of bondage and slavery and captivity to all the things of this world, things that distract them, things that keep them from seeing you, whether it is fame or fortune, relationships, jobs, hobbies, anything and everything, Lord God, our enemy uses to keep them away from you. I pray tonight, Lord God, that they would see how much you love them, how much they need you. And Lord God, they would come forward and pray and ask for you to be that gift of redemption for them. And Lord God, again, we thank you and praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we do this. Amen.